Good evening, everybody. There was a famous tzaddik, a student of the Baal Shem Tev, whose name was Rabbi Wolf Kitsis. Rabbi Wolf Kitsis, uh, before he passed away, he gathered his students together and he said to them, that I want you to know that time will come when people will have a very hard time believing in a tzaddik. And in order to believe in a tzaddik at that time, you're going to need to give charity and pray to God sincerely, recite psalms, in order to have faith in a tzaddik. This time it will come that it will be so difficult to have faith, you'll have to give charity and say psalms to maintain your faith. So his students said to him, this sounds terrible, why are you telling us this? So he said to his students, I'm telling this to you because... When a time will come and you see that things aren't so easy, you should remember what I told you. And you should realize that there are times when it's just difficult, but it's the time before the coming of Mashiach. You have to hold on. It's a difficult time, but it's a time before the coming of Mashiach. They say that there were three people traveling together. And they came to a body of water, a river, and they couldn't pass over the, they can't, they couldn't get over the river. So one man prays to God, and suddenly he sprouts wings, and he flies across the river. Another guy prays to God, and he gets this incredible strength, and he swims across the river. Another guy prays to God, and he turns into a woman, and he notices that there's a bridge of just standing there the whole time. Some people are better when they're in a situation, to have faith and to see the good, happy ending that's there. Some people aren't. It says in the Torah that it was in the merit of women that our forefathers were redeemed from Egypt, and it will be in the merit of women that we will be redeemed from this present exile. And this is because women are blessed with a greater measure of faith than men. So Mashiach will come, it's going to be in the merit of the women who believe in the coming of Mashiach now before the coming of Mashiach. In Egypt, it actually says, concerning Egypt, it says that when the Jewish people crossed the Red Sea, the women played instruments. And the Talmud says that they played these instruments that they had kept with them the entire time waiting for the moment when they could finally sing the song and thank God because they were so certain that the miracle would happen, that what Moses said was true, that they were they prepared these instruments in Egypt during the hardship, during the slavery, during the Auschwitz. They were thinking about and waiting for the sound of redemption, and when it came, they were ready with their instruments. Some people aren't equipped as well. Every day in our prayers, we say the words, May we not be ashamed forever. What are we asking for? So Hasidut explains that after Mashiach comes, you know, we're going to be pretty embarrassing. Mashiach comes and we weren't expecting him to come. Didn't you get the signs? Didn't you see? What are we going to tell our grandchildren many, many years after Mashiach has come? So, grandfather, you didn't know? You didn't realize that Mashiach was coming? But some people are gifted and they're able to see beneath the surface and to get the energy of, of the time. And some people have a much harder time. This week, we are reading about a 
time when all of our people were, cha- were challenged and no one really knew what to do, except for actually the women. Interesting thing, it says that when Moses sent spies to the land of Israel, uh, before he sent the spies, he asked God if he should send those spies. And God says, what do you think? If you think it's a good idea, then send them. So some commentaries say that God was perhaps not happy with the request. You're doubting me? So if you think it's a good idea, send the spies. Other opinions say that when God said, it's, if you think it's a good idea, God was alluding to how this would cause Moses' life to last 40 years longer. As according to plan A, God wasn't going to bring Moses into the promised land because of the sin by the waters of Meribah, because Moses hit the rock. So therefore, God told Moses, this will be good for you because if the Jewish people sin with the spies, they'll be in the desert for another 40 years. That's what other commentaries say. What's fascinating was, that, was what the Kleokra says. The Kleokra says, you want to send 10 men to Israel? It's not, it's not a good idea. But if you would ask me, I would say to send 10 women to Israel. If there's a mission that has to be done to scout out the land, the one you need to ask are women. They'll be successful in this mission. Of course, the Kleokra doesn't mean literally that God actually said that to Moses because that that's what Moses would have done. But God was saying that the women wouldn't have been confused by and they weren't when the spies came back the uh, people generally uh, believed what happened was when the spies came back they said we cannot conquer the land of Israel it's too hard for us the people living in the land of Israel are giants there's just no way we're going to conquer the land of Israel so this is a story the Torah tells us and it's not just a story, it's the story, the most important story that we have to know about right now. It's not just a story that we have to know about right now, but this is the Torah portion for everyone. It's a Torah portion for our grandparents and great-grandparents and those who have passed away and those who are in heaven. This is the energy of the entire world this week. This is the story of our lives. You know, in a comic book, there are captions often that the narrator puts on various scenes in the comic. The narrator says, And now our hero is going to enter a trap. And now our, now our hero will be successful. You know, the, the, the narrator um, describes what's going to happen in the various scenes in the comic. In our comic, that's written by the creator of all, wouldn't it be great if you could see what caption God put on the scenes of your life today? So God asks us this week, I want you to use the title for the energy, for the events, for what's happened to you in your life this week. The title should be the title of this week's Torah portion, which is Shlach, which means it's about the mission that God agreed that Moses should send the spies. It's about the mission. Now, this Torah portion includes very important commandments that God gave us. Among them, the mitzvah of tzitzit, which is equal to all the mitzvahs of the Torah combined. And yet, the title of this week's Torah portion isn't mitzvah, isn't the mitzvah of tzitzit, which is so important. The title is the mission of the spies. And the reason is, there's a prerequisite that we need to have before considering any of God's commandments. And that is, 
we have to learn from the mistake of the spies. The spies went to the land of Israel, and they came back with, we cannot conquer the land. They weren't asked if they could or can't conquer the land of Israel. They were asked to figure out the best way to conquer the land of Israel. That was their mission. When they came back with a conclusion, with a decision, they veered off from their mission. Perhaps they veered off from their mission for ulterior motives, perhaps they didn't want to go to the land of Israel, as many commentaries say, that they preferred being in the desert, being in the place, the spiritual haven with Moses, and not having to go into the land of Israel and to eat regular food and drink regular water. They wanted to drink the water from the rock of Miriam. They wanted to eat bread from the sky. So that's why they didn't want to go to the land of Israel. But the people listened to them and believed them. And the question is, why did they believe them? Why were, were everyone, why was everyone so convinced by what they said? So, you know this famous um, joke people say about the guy looking for a parking spot? God, if you give me a parking spot, I will send my kids to the Jewish school. If you, if you give me a parking spot, God, I promise to always eat kosher. And then a parking spot shows up and he says, It's okay, God, I, I found it already. It's a joke, but it's something that we could all relate to. We are able to understand that God does supernatural, miraculous things. We're able to look into our history, and I think it was Ben-Gurion who said that miracles aren't something that you just believe in as a Jew. It's something that's, that's part of the equation. You can't, you can't understand Jewish history without factoring in the miracles. So why was it so difficult for everyone to believe that they were going to enter the land of Israel and God was going to perform miracles. So one explanation is, is that God did perform incredible miracles when, they, when he split the Red Sea and many others, but the people felt that when they went to the land of Israel, the miracles would stop. Because after all, God told the Jewish people, when you enter the land of Israel, you're going to have to plow and plant the land. So they thought God could do everything, but when things are running in a natural, normal order, the miracles are no longer going to continue. Either it's going to be something miraculous in this crazy desert-like place where things are just crazy and there's no way to live, so then God does miracles, or it's going to be natural and normal, and then God will not perform miracles. But it cannot be that we will be able to conquer all these nations within the land of Israel because that will be there will be two diametrically opposed energies. We will be resorting to a natural energy because it's the land of Israel. And at the same time, we'll be conquering these huge giants which, are, which would be miraculous. So that's why the people believed that it wasn't possible for them to enter the land of Israel. Let's bring this home for a second. So that means that when God tells me that there is no work, you cannot go to work, there's no such thing as work. There is a quarantine. There's a lockdown. Your business is closed. So then, okay, so then I have to believe in God because there's no way this is going to work without a miracle. But when God says go back to work and then you have to look at things in a more natural, logical way, so then you feel, okay, so this is now going according to the natural, logical order and according to all the reports I'm getting, there's no way that, that this is going to work. So either 
I'm not working, and it's a crazy time, it's quarantine, it's lockdown, I'm just looking up to the sky for some manna bread or some uh, great um, tax return or, 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 or stimulus uh, gift from on high, or I'm going to work, I'm going to a natural order, and if I'm going to a natural order, in a way it's harder because then you're looking at things logically. So which one is it? So what Kalev and Yeshua told the people when they were trying to refute the claims of the spies was, we will go up, we will go higher, and we will inherit the land. The meaning of those words, we will go up and we will go higher, is as follows. There is limitation, there is nature, there is what is beyond nature, which also has its own parameters. Something which is infinite has its own limitation. Think about someone who's too large to sit in one seat in an airplane. They have their limitation. They have to buy two seats in order to come in the airplane. If something is infinite, so it's too big to fit into the finite. So the spies were convinced the people, yes, God could do anything, but we're going to the land of Israel. Things are going to go in a natural way. It's just not going to work. So the what their mistake was, as Kalev and Yeshua said, is God is higher than being just infinite. He's higher than being finite, and he's higher than being infinite. And the language of Jewish philosophers, there's a discussion about God bringing an elephant through the pinhole of an eye of a needle. Some Jewish philosophers say that, yeah, God could do this, but he would have to make the elephant smaller or make the eye of the needle wider. But can the elephant as it is an elephant and the needle as it is an ele- needle, can, it, can, it, uh, can the elephant go through that small hole? So the Rashba, which is the Halacha, the Rashba says, Nimna ha nimnaot. It is impossible to say, the word impo- to say the word impossible for God. You cannot say the word impossible. And therefore, we will go up, we will go higher means, not only is God beyond nature, but God is also beyond being beyond nature. He is able to bring together the two energies of natural and supernatural. So even when God tells you to go back to work, and even though God says to you to function in a natural order, He's not telling you, I'm no longer with you and you have to figure stuff out by yourself. No, He's saying to you, you will see, I'm going to give you success in nature that is totally miraculous and beyond nature. That's what the people had a hard time believing. They couldn't understand how these two things can happen at the same time. And that's why they said, we won't be able to go to the land of Israel. There's more to the story. Caliph, when he tried to silence the spies, he said, is that all the son of Amram did for us? People thought he wanted to speak very, he wanted to speak in a derogatory way about Moses. Because he said, the son of Amram. Like he, his own greatness, he has no greatness unto himself. He's only the son of Amram. Is that all the son of Amram did for us? And everyone's like, yeah, go ahead. What else did he do for us? So he says, he also split the sea. He also brought the manna bread from heaven. He also brought us the quail. He mentioned three specific things. Because there are three things that the spies used to confuse the people. The first thing the, the spies said was, there are giants there. They're huge. It's impossible. So to counter the miraculous being impossible, Kalev says, God split the Reed Sea. God does the miraculous. He fights for us in a miraculous way. But the spies said something else. 
more devious, more sophisticated thing, that was, which was more confusing. They said, Amalek, the nation of Amalek is in the south. Now, Amalek had nothing to do with the journey the Jewish people had to take to Israel. They only mentioned Amalek because Amalek had attacked them before, and they wanted to frighten the people and tell them, you know, there's Amalek. They also meant to hint to them the following idea. You think God can do anything. Okay, let's concede that God could do anything. We're okay with that. Let's say that's true. Let's say this miracle and nature convergence is possible. But let's ask a question. Does God do that for everybody? Or does he do this for specific people that deserve it? Let's look at history, the spies said. When the Jewish people left Egypt, we asked the question, is God with us or not? The Talmud compares our question to a father who has his son on his shoulders. And the son is casually sitting on his father's shoulders, enjoying life. And his father is giving him popsicles and ice cream and whatever the kid needs. And the father is bringing him to various places to stay. And then someone says to the child, hey, where's your dad? And the child says, I got no idea where my dad is. So in order to uh, show his son that, his, that the father that was actually there with him and taking care of him, the father takes the son off of his shoulders, puts him down, and a dog comes to attack the son, and the father has to protect him. So the father shows his son that he's close with him by taking him off his shoulders and putting him at risk with the dog attacking him. That's the parable that the Talmud gives for the attack of Amalek. We asked the question at the time, is God with us or not? And when we asked that question, what happened as a result is a nation of Amalek attacked us. They attacked us specifically when we were doubtful. So the spies said to the Jewish people, okay, fine, your God is great, your God does miracles, fine, we're into that. However, he doesn't do it for everybody. When you have a doubt in him, he lets you go. So, don't talk to me about miracles and wonders. Talk to me about deserving or undeserving. Maybe God promised, but who says he has obligated to fulfill that promise when we're clearly undeserving? That's what the spies said. To counter this, Kalev said to the Jewish people, remember the quail. The quail, our request for meat, was something that was selfish, it was unnecessary, it was something we just asked for, because of just a spite, just it was totally illogical. We had plenty of cattle with us going out of Egypt. We had sheep, we had cattle. We could have had plenty of meat, but instead we went to Moses one day and we said, Moses, what's up with this man of bread every day in the morning and the evening? Can you please talk to the big guy and change up the menu a little bit? And so God responded and gave us this meat from heaven, this quail. What Khalif meant by this was, don't tell me that God only answers the deserving and does not answer the undeserving. God answered us even though we were clearly undeserving. So then the spies brought out their third claim. And I think the third claim is something that we all can relate to because it's a very confusing thing with the spy, their third thing. Their third claim was, okay, fine, God helps undeserving. Fine, God promised us to take us to the land of Israel, and God's promise to be fulfilled. He will vanquish he will, the, all the nations in Israel. Okay, we got, we'll, we'll accept that. But look at the local conditions. Look at the lousy local conditions for this promise to be, be fulfilled. There is a lot of obstacles to arrive at the land of Israel. 
There are all these nations that we have to contend with on the way to the land of Israel. So yes, God will do miracles for us once we get there, but who says we'll ever get there? That's what they said. And to counter this, Kalev said, don't you see that God brings us the manna bread? The manna bread is something that is not necessary to win the war in Israel. It's only something that's necessary to get to Israel. So you see that not only does God take us take care of us once we arrive in the land of Israel, God helps us get there. So translating these three words, three sentences of, of Kalev to our lives, very practically, sometimes you're in a situation, you feel it's just impossible. So Kalev says, God does the impossible. God split the Red Sea. Then you say to yourself, but I'm undeserving. So Kalev says to you, what are you talking about? God sent you on a mission. And God takes care of you, undeserving or undeserving. You have something to get done, and God entrusts you with it. And if God created you, He knows what you're capable of and what you're not capable of. And it must be, if He threw the ball to you, there must be a way for you to swing at it. You know, in, in baseball, there's a concept called a quick pitch. When the pitch is thrown, the batter's not ready for it. So there's, there's a rule about that. It's not a regular, a regular pitch. God doesn't show, throw any quick pitches. If God throws a pitch, it means there must be a way for you to swing at it. So Kalev said, don't tell me about undeserving. And thirdly, don't say that there's some lousy local condition that's preventing you from being where you need to be. God helps us get to the land of Israel. Translating this, the land, there's a fourth thing that, you, that Kalev said. And it's interesting that only Kalev said this. It's interesting that Kalev said this because he, there were two people that weren't, that were faithful to Moses. Kalev and Joshua, before their success, they had a spiritual experience that led them to success. Interestingly, Joshua got a blessing from Moses for his success. Moses blessed him and said, may you be successful and not fall prey to anyone else's evil counsel. And Kalev, interestingly, he prayed for success. On the way to Israel, he took a detour. He said, I got to go to the OL. He went to the, the the." the resting places of Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he prayed to be successful in his mission, and he, of course, was successful. So Joshua's success was through a blessing, and Caleb's success was through a prayer. The idea of a prayer versus a blessing in Hasidic thought is something that comes from within. It's not something that's just given to you on high. Caleb was a people's man. He wasn't someone who was just gifted from a because Moses lifted him up. He went by himself and tried to wrestle with his own inner demons and to get it right and to pray to get it right. And because he was coming by the people, for the people, with the people, the Torah actually says he was successful in getting everybody to listen to what he had to say. And more, he added something that Joshua didn't say. He added something that Joshua didn't say. He said the following. If Moses tells us to take ladders and get to go to the sky, we will be successful. On the surface, he, he had to add that argument because he saw that the other spies were making up stuff. So he realized, whatever I'm going to say, they'll make up something else. So therefore, he just said something totally super rational. He said, even if we have to take, la- if we have to take ladders and take these ladders up to the sky, we will go and we will inherit the land of Israel because Moses said to go, we're going to get there. But there's a deeper reason why he said that. In order to be successful in the mission, you have to go with absolute faith. You have to go, it's absolute faith that you have in, in God and in God's emissary 
through Moses and the Moses of every generation. This Shabbat blesses the upcoming day of the Rebbe's Day. This come next week on Thursday is Rebbe's Day, Gimel Tamos. There has to be absolute faith in the tzaddik of the generation of the Moses who entrusts you with a mission to get to the land of Israel and to bring the coming of Mashiach. Yes, you may be like a colleague which is doubtful, but don't throw yourself off and say, oh, I can't do it, I'm, I have doubts. The Torah tells us, listen, Kali was just like you, you also had doubts. And God entrusted him with a mission, and he prayed to God to be successful, and he was, and he made it, and he arrived in the land of Israel, and he got what needs to get done, done. And, and the bottom line is, my friends, whatever voices are in our heads that say it cannot work, especially that third voice I mentioned before, there's something that just something that just, just just happens to be here right now, and I can't get around it. You know, it just happens to be, and I'm stuck. It's a beautiful teaching of the Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov says he comments on the verse we say in the last at the end of Brichat uh, Amazon, end of our grace after meals. We say the verse, "Blessed are you, blessed is the man who trusts in God, and God is his security. Blessed is the man who trusts in God, and God is his security." If God's your security, that's what makes you secure, then you trust in God. If you trust in God, then God's your security. What's a double expression? So Baal explains, trusting in God means you know that there's no other place that, it, that makes it happen. Only God makes it happen. Okay, that's one step. There's a second step. It's not just sufficient just to say that everything comes from God. That's just step one. Step two is to say that God has a vessel for you to receive that blessing. It's not just God has it in heaven and you have to scratch your head and bang your head against the wall to figure out how to get that blessing. Not only does everything come from God, but God also provides you the way to get there. In the, in the analogy of this Torah portion, God doesn't just give you success once you get to the land of Israel, but God also guides you to, to arrive in the land of Israel and to fight whatever battles you need to fight to get there. So my bottom line, my friends, the caption, the energy of this week is mission possible. There's challenges, everyone has their own challenges, but as Revolve Kitz has said, before the coming of Mashiach, you may have to pray to keep your faith in God, you may have to pray and say Tehillim and Yitzhaka in order to maintain your faith in the Tzaddik, but you have to realize this is a time of the redemption, this is a time of Geula, and uh, let's hold on until we see it happen. L'chaim, l'chaim. And have a wonderful Shabbos, and... Hopefully, we'll see each other tonight in Jerusalem with Mashiach. Good Shabbos.